We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very much for locking in. Audio side, video side, dropping this on Tuesday morning, taping this very, very late on a Monday night. A Buffalo Bills victory, a big victory, a very lopsided victory on Monday Night Football, primetime in front of a national audience, 41-7 to over the Tennessee Titans to go to 2-0 on the season. I am joined right now by friend, recurring guest, emergency quarterback, Joe from New York City. Yeah, emergency quarterback. If you guys didn't see earlier today on Twitter, Pat, of I love Pat because Pat's very, you know, Pat's full of shit sometimes, but he's very honest too with me. He goes, look, I've uh, exhausted every possibility of finding a guest <laughs> ranging from Gal Gilbert to Art Wander to Larry Felser's widow, and I need you to be on the podcast tonight. And I'm like, well, Pat, I'm home. I- I'm more than happy to be on the podcast two weeks in a row, which means this will probably be the last time I'm on the podcast until, like, November. No, um, no, December, because what I'll tell you why that's not the case, because – I got to make up for some lost episodes. There's been a couple of things that have happened lately. So I'm kind of, I'm behind and I got to put out some extra episodes to, uh, to kind of make up for that. And you are the emergency quarterback, which again, I appreciate you staying in podcasting shape there, working yeah. out, drinking some beers, keep keeping your voice, uh, nice and loose. And here's the funny thing. Sometimes I do try to be funny. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. To some extent, that is the case today. I'm not going to lie. I did talk to a couple people, and it's not that I didn't want you have on the podcast. No, you didn't want it's me. It's that I, there's some people that I reached out to that I haven't had on in quite a long time. Like, I talked to Anthony Marino from Rumblings, but he had to get up early in the morning, oh, like 5 in the morning Anthony for a trip. Marino. A couple other guys that I haven't had on in a long time. That's the reason why I reached out to them. It's not that I like them necessarily mm-hmm. more than you. You know, it's kind of funny is, our combativeness, the two of us, actually, I hear a lot of people on Twitter say that they like it when they listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? Because we do. We butt had some. We're not, we're not, we're not a duo that agrees on everything. And I kind of like it. You know, not. you call me out or I call you out. Keep it relatively respectful anyway. I mean, sometimes we end up yelling at each other, but that's uh that makes for more fun. Anyway, so we're here's what we're gonna do in a couple minutes. We're gonna dive into this game a little bit. 
we'll talk about the good, the bad. Not a lot of bad, obviously, when you win 41 to 7. The ugly, we'll have some big takeaways uh, from the game. If you're watching this, I think this is going to be on YouTube as well. But Joe's drinking some kind of, or was drinking some kind of peanut. Let, yeah, so let me let me give the advertising for this. Oma Gang Brewery, which is a very great craft beer spot in the in Cooperstown, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Uh, I was there for a wedding about two months ago, and I picked up like four four-packs of beer. And one of them I picked up was this, which is an Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout, 7.6% alcohol. If you're watching this on the television... You can see the TV screen right now. It's like a Halloween thing. There's ghouls and ghosts. This is like the Titans defensive line that's buried in the offensive. <laughs> Basically, it's where the Titans are all currently right now in the graveyard. And I was just talking to Pat off camera that Pat and I are about as different as it can get. I mean, we love the Bills. That's probably the only – and wrestling we like. And wrestling, that's it. Yeah. Like we, and the Sopranos. The Sopranos, yes. Uh, Game of Thrones, but that's Cobra about Kai it. a little bit. Cobra you know Kai a little bit, sure. Yeah, 80s nostalgia, we kind of like dig, but mm -hmm. that's it. Like, we have nothing in common, especially when it comes to foods. Like, Pat's a great, he loves greasy, disgusting food. I go to, you know, <laughs> I, I go to Olive Garden. No, I'm just kidding. I go to better places than Pat does. But, but, but more importantly, Pat and I do not see eye to eye when it comes to beer. You can see Pat, if you're watching this on the, on the TV screen, he's got a bush light hat. That I'm sure a trucker gave to him one time when he was. No, I ordered it from Anheuser Busch. It just this is how in yeah, that's, that's even worse that you actually ordered that. Okay, yeah. it's Bush Light, and Good I have a beer that probably would cost you anywhere between like eight to nine dollars a can somewhere. And well, if that's Pat your fault. That, that's stupid. He would say I could get four Bush Lights for that, but have you ever had a peanut butter chocolate stout of any kind? No, no, definitely not. I'm not. You know, again, I. I'm being honest. I rarely drink higher end beers. Uh, I definitely don't drink stouts, especially peanut butter flavored. I do like, like I, I like some lagers. Um, is Angry Orchard considered a, a nice beer? Is that a good beer? No, that's like a cider, and like I don't drink that. It's like a sugary beer. That, I had I had a no. couple of Orchard or, um, Angry Orchards, whatever it's called, over the weekend. And what you do yeah. is you take a shot of Fireball and you put it inside, and then oh it tastes God. like kind of like Halloweeny, like really. I've never spicy. tried. That. Yeah, somebody told me to do it. My buddy John, we were uh, hanging out watching college football Saturday at at a bar in West Seneca, and he he put me on to that. I actually I, I enjoyed it. I'm but, surprised that you have not taken up craft beer only because Pat strikes me as a I don't want to say a drunk, but a guy who likes to get <laughs> like get the license little buzz. At least back in his old his younger days when he was in his 30s. It's very rare now, but yes. yes. I mean, I still I still tie one on, but nothing like yeah. I used to. But I would course, but. I would assume you would like craft beer because the alcohol level is much higher. You sure. have like two or three of these and you're going to bed very happy whereas Yeah, but I'm also Bush Light, you got to have I'm like 30 of them to have like a a bit no, of No, not necessarily. Okay, not 10 necessarily, maybe. But uh so what did you end up doing? So uh, again, we're about to get into the game. Neither of us were at the game and it's obviously for in your case cuz because you're in New York City. But uh right, I can't what do you end up doing for right now? Uh, have you seen I know we're going to get into this, but have you seen the StubHub prices right now? It is astronomical to go to a Bills game. Yeah, it, it is. I was I was eyeing tickets in August thinking about maybe I'll come home for a Browns or Vikings game because at that point they were like 80 bucks for the cheapest ones. I was like, okay, that's not terrible. I went on there today, it's double. 
for both of them. I'm like, it is. If I'm a, if I'm a Bills fan living in Buffalo, I'm getting season tickets. Just get season tickets for the investment, so you can buy buy them and sell them on the second market. Because right now they're just insane. Right now, I wish I could have gone. I'm jealous of all those people who got to go to that. Not game. me. I don't. I I've said oh. this before. I'm not a fan of going into the stadium live and watching the games. I like to tailgate with people and have a good time. But then I like to get home or somewhere else. I I like to listen to the. I like to watch it on TV and I like to listen to the announcers. Actually, more than I than I like being. Yeah, uh, we had, when was the last Bills home game you went to? I don't even know. I don't even know. It's like been 10 a long years time. Ago, Twenty was Jim probably, Kelly still probably playing? ten. No, I, were you thin and had hair then? Like what? Like <laughs> I don't. Like, re- I I I can't. I honestly can't remember. Probably it was definitely during the drought, and it was it was wow. surely before I moved to Florida. I haven't been to a home game since uh I moved to Florida. That was in twenty sixteen. Probably in early twenty, like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, something like that. I'm just not. A, I just don't like going to games. Do you like going to bars though to watch games? Because I'm surprised you're not the type that would go and tailgate and then go to like the big tree in or whatever and then Depends. watch it there. I truly, I truly like to mix it up. Like for an example, tonight I stayed home. I watched the game with my wife and my son, which I love doing, especially watching the games with my son because he's 19 years old. He's played football his whole life. And I'm telling you, man, he's really good at catching things and breaking them down. Like analyzing stuff on TV. I love watching the games with him. Because so he takes after his mom. Cause he's really good at analyzing <laughs> sports. Unlike you. Okay. Got yeah. It. I, I, I guess, but sometimes yeah. I do that. Sometimes I go out with some friends or I'll go to a bar or somebody's house. Uh, it depends. You had a couple people over your house tonight, right? For yeah. I game, had a that's couple, what you did. Yeah. I had a couple people over. It was like the first time we, have entertained people at the house. And it's, it's definitely one of those things where like, I feel when people come over, I want to like roll out the red carpet. Like I'm very much into making good food, having good beer, everything, but it's, it's definitely can be a little like, like taxi. Like we had like a food, a meat and cheese plate in the beginning, which was great. And like, it's easy to do like throw some meat and cheese on a damn plate and go here. But then like by halftime and like the last, like I would say a good half hour from like, probably three minutes left in the first half to like the first five minutes of the second half, I was cooking. And basically I was, I was grilling burgers on my food ninja. And then I was making sauce for the burgers. Cause I, I got like these Angus steak, steak hamburgers are basically like hamburgers made off Angus steak. And so I decided to, to make my own like a one sauce with mushroom and onions and like mix it together on stovetop and throw some hamburger, the hamburger on top of it after I grilled it. So it took like it was a everyone was very happy with it, but man, like you realize like you I need half time to be longer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I can cook longer and like relax to watch the games. Cause I wanna cook. I don't know. I like cookie. I'm like a guy that does like to cook for people, you know, it's maybe the stupid Italian heritage that I that I have a curse with. But like, you know, you wanna cook and like have like good I, I wanna have it really good. I don't like ordering out like ordering out is fine but it's like i want you to come to here like you're gonna like remember like i had a, you you'll always remember if you go to someone's house for a game and they cook you something way more than if they ordered you something i you know i guess i but guess I don't, do you ever entertain people or you you strike me as a lazy shit that when people come over you're like bring your own stuff i'll give you cups and here's some and, and then that's it that's what you do that's what i picture you doing you're just you're your not far off of course I'm, not entirely I'm far no right. you're not entirely far off i People come over. To, I mean, you're talking about a night game tonight, so fuck that. You probably had dinner before you came over, and if you didn't, that's your bad. I mean, the game wasn't didn't even start till seven fifteen, so I'm definitely not making you dinner for a Monday night football game. That's your first mistake right there. 
I, I'm not, plus I'm also, I'm being completely honest with you, I'm a horrible cook. So I don't cook much, but what I do now, I have an Instapot and what I've become known for. And by saying, when I say I've become known for it, it's because I tell everyone that I'm good at it is mm. I make shredded chicken. I make shredded chicken oh, sandwiches. Yeah, I like that. So you, like you that. so you shred it, you know, you put the chicken in, you cook it in the instant pot, you shred it, and you make sandwiches. You know, you mix, put some spices and sauce on it and stuff. That's some chips. So very simple. So I will cook, but it's very limited. I'm not known, I, which actually is a change for me because before that, I no, I never made shit, man. Get some potato chips and have some beers. That's mm. it. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm not a cook. I, if people come over, they do. I, what's, the I largest, like... what's the largest gathering you've ever had at your house for a football game? <laughs> Probably 15, 20 people at least. Oh, that's a good amount. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, All right. We have a lot of, I, I like to have people over for Notre Dame games. I get Notre Dame fans, really? oh, okay. buddies of mine who are Notre Dame fans, and we watch the games. <laughs> but again, man, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that it's anything fancy where I make this fancy kind of food or whatever. Like tonight, for an example, I didn't cook anything. We went out and we got subs from Imperial Pizza and uh, came home and ate them. And, you know, right before the game starts, because my kid gets home from work, you know, everyone, you don't have a lot of time, especially being a, a 7-15 start. But uh, would, you prefer, would you prefer eating your main meal at halftime or before the game, like right at kickoff? You have your if it's nighttime, If it's a nighttime yeah. game, I'd rather eat before the game. Before the game, For, and then if it, in part, in part because of reasons that you just talked about, cooking through halftime and and shit like that, man. But, but, and uh, you would do that for a one o'clock game too. Like, would you rather have your food at, at halftime, or would you rather have it right at the start of kickoff? Um, probably halftime. If it's yeah. a, if it's an afternoon game, definitely halftime. You know, my wife's family; she has a very big family, and they're very close. And now, again, a prime time game is different because it's nighttime. Some people went to the game, but generally speaking on Sunday afternoons, her entire family gets together and people bring a dish and then, you know, whoever's hosting has stuff as well. And then we pretty much eat at halftime. That's always uh, a good time. But yeah, man, I, I ain't cooking shit, dude. I'm drinking some bush lights and having a sandwich or some chips and, and just watching football. Football ain't for dinner, man. Football mm -hmm. ain't about food. Football's about beer and watching the game and getting loud. Getting loud, yes. We getting into this. Getting into this my, game, we scared our cat a couple times tonight because I was loud. Well, there was uh, a lot to be loud about. That that's yeah, the thing. it was it and, was hardly complaining loudly. Like because usually there's like the loud like you fucking idiots, how can right. you do that? But tonight was all about yes, yes. Like it was a Daniel Bryan chant basically. It wasn't right, and it, and we'll segue into this now. It, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but before. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. And, and again, you know, you, we're, and we're going to break down some specific things or, or have our, you know, thoughts on some specific things. But at the end of the day, the Bills have played last year's Super Bowl defending champion and they played the number one seed in the AFC. And I don't think Tennessee was the best team in the AFC last year. I never thought that. But at the end of the day, they were the number one seed in the AFC. They're also a team that is beating the Buffalo Bills in consecutive seasons. They're a team that saw Derrick Henry run for five touchdowns against the Bills in the last two years. They're a team that Ryan Tannehill did not get sacked once and in the last two years of playing against the Bills. Anyway, you go on, you start the season, all these expectations, and I know we've talked about it at some point before the season. I was concerned a little bit about are the expectations too much? Are they going to buy into their own hype a little bit too much? So far, the answer is no, because they win 41-7 tonight. 
And they've outscored the Rams and the Titans now 72 to 17 to start the season. So if you're the betting favorite before the season, like the Bills are, and uh, you want to come on, you want to make a statement that we belong there for a reason. I don't know how much more they could do right now to put the less the rest of the league on notice just how good this football team is. And again, we'll get into a couple of specific things in just a couple of minutes, but just generally speaking, I mean, you go on Monday night football, Joe, and you just beat the shit out of a, at least a pretty good team anyway. I mean, not a great team, but it was just a, a really dominant performance. And it's, it felt like it, it absolutely could have been a lot more than 41 to seven as well, by the way. I don't know what I would say it would be a lot more than 41 to seven, maybe like 48 to seven, but yeah, they, you know, they exercised a couple of ghosts a little bit with the Titans. So, you know, they've lost the last two regular season games against them. Like, you know, 2020, they kind of got, cr- they got like, smacked they got in 2020. Up. They got yeah. smacked in 2020. Last year, they should have won. Like, they had the Josh Allen slip and the Josh, and, uh, you know, Derrick Henry had a long run, which they had like a blatant hold, hold on that play from what I remember. Um, but they they kicked their asses, man. I mean, they, you know, it was a total total elimination against a team like you said, like you know, was the number one seed last year. I mean, again, I I think the Titans have kind of took a step back or two this year. Sure, you know, they have no weapons for Tannehill to really throw to, and and Tannehill to me is like that that type of quarterback. Like he needs he needs like legit like what like what the Dolphins have like a wide receiver like Tannehill needs that to be effective and they got nobody since they traded AJ Brown. And well, it was, you're not, right. really. you're not, you're, the they don't have the an AJ. Front. Yeah. They don't have that. They don't have an AJ Brown, but I mean, they do Robert, Robert Woods is no scrub. Austin Hooper's he, a tough. pretty good tight end. I mean, they have uh, some, I agree. I agree with what you're saying though. They don't have, they don't have that game change. Like, yeah, AJ Brown Woods, played yeah, very well was, against the bills the last two yeah. years. And he's, he's a, their stud. And like Woods is coming off an ACL. Austin Hooper, I mean, he, how good did he do in Cleveland? They cut his ass after he got a good deal. Like, either way, like, the tit- the, t- the Titans aren't what they were last right, year. Right, I you agree. Could, you could say they're a little bit of frost. But anyway, look, but either way, you blow out a team 41 to 7, you bring them 34 points. You damn straight, you got to recognize a little bit with what they did. But they, they dominated them on both sides of the ball. They really took they, – they scored 24 third-quarter points. Uh, they just knocked their asses out on both and my scrimmage and Josh Allen was, it was the same. It was like the same story as like last week's game, kind of in a way, you know what I mean? Like they, they got pressure on the quarterback. Stefan Diggs made some awesome plays and like, they just, it was like the same thing they did last week to the Rams. Yeah. Except they scored um, 10 more points. <laughs> I, well, when I said it could have been worse than 41, seven, the starters literally did not play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't think this Tennessee defense was going to stop them. The only thing that was stopping the bills was themselves which is kind of sort of what the case was a little bit um, last week. And again, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, man, they put up 41 points and it was an easy 41 points. Uh, a couple things that I want to dive into specifically. I mean, with, with Josh Allen, what, I'm running out of things to uh, to really say about him. 26 of 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns. And again, did not even play in the fourth quarter. Uh, six Monday night football games, by the way, Josh Allen's played now 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's nine and three in prime time. This guy is, uh, he's built for the big lights, man. It, it seems like he plays his best football when the stage is biggest, which is really refreshing for, uh, for this Buffalo bills team, because you know, sometimes the, the moments can be too big for certain players. 
Josh Allen ain't one of them. He just seems to play the best when uh when the lights are on him the most. He was sensational against it. He had one shitty throw to, to uh, Jake Kumaro on a little outside pass, a little dump pass. It was a terrible throw, but he made up for it like he always does. And, you know, he had a couple batted down passes at the line. But, again, only, uh, was 26-38, so, so 12 incompletions. And probably half of them were bat downs at, at, behind the line of scrimmage. So, man, just another sensational game for – a guy who's one of the best players in the NFL. Let's not compare him to Mahomes. I'm so sick of that. Let's just agree he's one of the best players in the league. You know, but what do you yeah, mean you don't want to? What, what do you mean you don't want to compare him to Mahomes? I mean, I, I think you could say like he's on the same level as him right now. Oh, he is. I absolutely. Yeah, so like you is. compare him. Like it's fun to compare him to. Like we. Two years ago, you'd laugh your ass off at, at someone comparing him to Mahomes. Now you can't. Two years like, ago, he's... we did a pod. Do you remember podcasts? And, and you were my guest. We did a podcast like two years ago, I think it was. Who, and we run around the league, team by team, what quarterbacks would you trade Josh Allen for? Oh, yeah, it was, about a year, it was about a year a couple, ago we, we did ar- that. We, yeah. couple, we argued about a couple. You want you said yes to Dak Prescott, I believe, and I said no at the time. And I remember we had a pretty yes, it was two years. It was argument about that. Yeah, we were, we were talking about Dak's. <laughs> yes, I remember. It's all coming back to me now. Yes, right. we argued now, about Now Dax. it's a simple, now here's, and I've said, and again, now I guess it's going to be a million times too that I've said this. I am not trading Josh Allen for anybody, including Patrick Mahomes. And but if I was the Chiefs, I would not trade Mahomes for anybody, yes. including and, and that's Josh Allen. And that's a very level-headed like take. Yeah. My but point, like, my point was this with, with Mahomes, it's like Joe. Yeah, sure. They're always going to be compared because they're I I think they're the best two quarterbacks in the NFL now, bar none. Oh, great. But it's like that. sometimes it's just like, yo, instead of saying what Mahomes did or what he did on Sunday or what he's gonna. Just I just I just like to appreciate what Josh Allen is doing right now. That that's kind of what I meant when I said that. No, I I totally agree with that. Like he's just been great. I mean, you 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 kind of said he was like Mr. Prime Time. You know, I was looking up I was looking up Stefan Diggs's numbers, and I call him uh, on Monday night. His numbers on Monday night have been like astronomical. In, in like the last five games, he's got like forty-one catches for five hundred and twenty-five yards <laughs> and seven <laughs> touchdowns. Like Diggs is just like amazing. Like call he's in. He's a new he was Rob the best Van player Dam. on the field tonight. He, yeah, I thought he was he the was... best player on the field. And I'm including Josh Allen. I think Stefan Diggs was literally unguardable. His route running is unbelievable. Yeah. And I it's mean, the play the... calling was really good too to, to him. It, Those run options. The... Yeah. They, it, with, with Stefan Diggs, it's to the point. I know you and I are pretty, we're very well, we're very, we were very good when it comes to historical, like we calling Bills teams of past. Mm-hmm. And like we put a list together. Like Stefan Diggs right now, I think he gets another season like this. You can say he's the best wide receiver to play for the Bills when you factor in, like, you know, the top three have been it, it, the, the two guys he's like chasing after are probably Moles and, and, and Andre Reed, obviously. And you could say for, for right now, like, you know, Andre Reed, at least he had Thurman Thomas to kind of help him with like the offense. Stefan Diggs doesn't have Thurman Thomas back there as an all purpose back to like help him out. And like, he's just taking over games like this year. And like when he's on prime time, you know, he's got seven touchdowns in five games on Monday night. He's been awesome the last two weeks. Like, he's just – and he's doing it like Gabriel Davis didn't play tonight. Like, that's supposed to be, like, their number two option. And instead, like, you know, he's got – you know, he's got Isaiah McKenzie. He's got Crowder who – you know, he's – Crowder's played, what, two games with the Bills, obviously. And you got Dawson Knox. Like, he, you can't you, – he's just making plays. And he, the thing about Mo, that Bob Diggs that's so impressive about him is that he makes plays all over the field. He's not the guy – he can make that deep throw like he did for the touchdown. He can get those those tough like it's it's thirty nine. You need ten, nine and a half yards. He's gonna get you that. Like he's he's just 
he's playing lights out. Like, not the way to take away from Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen's great. You've run out of things to say about him. I'm the same way. But, like, Stephon Diggs, man, I mean, he's playing. He embarrassed the tightest corners. He embarrassed, he embarrassed the tightest yeah. He absolutely embarrassed him. I mean, he the route running, the hands, literally physically running him over multiple times. I mean, lowering his shoulder. He was, to me, tonight, I think Stephon Diggs was the best player on the field. And again, yeah, it's easy to, to kind of overreact. We're only two games into his third season with the team. The only thing that makes him not number one already is just uh, tenure. He hasn't yeah, been here no, exactly. Like, at, he's the best. At, his, see, at his peak, yeah. He's the like, best. He's, he's, he's already he's, better. He's better now than I've ever seen yeah. Andre Reid. I love Andre Reid, man. And sure. I'm an old school Bills guy, man. So yeah. that ain't no slight to Andre Reid. Stephon Diggs is just, he, he's one of the best receivers in the entire NFL, man. He's it's killing just, it. And like, he's, he's just killing it. I mean, he is just. You know, we I, I saw this a tweet, I think, last week. You may have been the one that tweeted. I could be completely wrong, but we were comparing like someone said something about like like the Diggs Jefferson trade with the Vikings. Win-win. It's like the sure. best it's a win-win because like both wide receivers are just studs and like yeah, they they're both I mean Diggs is just so good. And, and and you know, he you need like you need that number one wide receiver, man, in this day and age. You just I don't care if it's if it's if it's Hill, Kelsey. Devonte Adams, whatever. Like you need that guy. You know, don't 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 fall into the bullshit about like, oh hey, you know, we could just throw out like Dion branches of the world and David Patton to get to the Super Bowl. You know, because we have an elite quarterback. No, get that number one stud who's going to make your quarterback look great and it's going to help. Every time the Bills needed a play while the game was still reasonably in doubt, you know, through the maybe halfway through the the third quarter. Every time it seemed the Bills needed to make a play, Josh Allen would find uh, Stephon Diggs. I would say probably, and again, we're taping this not long after, so it's not like I've had a lot of time. To, I haven't looked at any of the replays, really, and I haven't really had haven't time to decipher things. Takes. Yeah, I but you. I will yeah, say yeah. this. I will say this. To me, the play of the game, it was, so the Bills were up, it was only 10-7 to 7 at the time, and it was like, uh, about a minute left. It was a minute left in the first half. The Bills were kind of shooting themselves in the foot, which we'll talk about that in a couple minutes as well. But anyway, it was fourth and one. And uh, Josh Allen found Stephon Diggs for that touchdown. It looked like they were going to throw the ball left. Josh started rolling left. And then he threw across his body to, to Diggs in the end zone. That was the play of the game. That that made it 17-7 to go up, you know, with, with a minute left. And then Rizzo had a sack on Tannehill when they got the ball back and then Tennessee just threw in the towel and went into the locker room. Then of course we all know what happened in the second half. It was just complete and utter domination, but that was a play of the game for me to go up 17, seven on fourth and one, because the bills struggled on third and ones. They went over three on third and ones, at least when the starters are in, I don't know what, what the stat might've been in garbage time, but one of the bad things, the few bad things you can say about the bills uh, for this game. But yeah, man, every time you needed a play, it was Stefan Diggs. But Josh Allen's just in complete control of this football team right now. I was watching some of the ESPN post game, and Alex Van Pelt, who was not really joking. I mean, he said it tongue in tongue in cheek, but he wasn't really joking. The only thing Josh Allen was like, "Who's he going to? Who does he want to throw his next touchdown pass to?" You know what I mean? He's just so in control of this team, and they and they did contribute. Dawson Knox, who I mean, I remember you bitched about him a little bit last week because he only had one catch. Uh, he was good today. I think he had four catches, tough catches too. Uh, Crowder had a big third down catch. McKenzie had a couple catches. Um, and again, Jay, Jay Kuro caught a 39-yard pass down the field. Because I remember saying before the game, if I'm worried about one thing, 
Gabe Davis not being in, maybe, you know, the Bills don't have anyone who will take the top off the, the Tennessee defense. God damn, was I ever wrong with that? Beyond Diggs, Kumro got behind them for uh, a big play. But, yeah, man, it just seemed like whatever he wanted to do with the football, he did. We could spend an entire podcast just talking about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs because they're just that good. It, they really are. Yeah, it's amazing to me how good Diggs was. He had 12 catches, like you said, but the rest of the wide receivers had like five catches, which is which is kind of hilarious a little bit in the end, like, you know, for what they did. But I mean, but when they, but they caught, were important like, catches, though, no, and I was about to say, yes, they were like Kumaro's like he had that long pass. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Reggie Gilliam, like had like that nice. That was back. awesome. But that was awesome. I was like, what is because I, I always I kind of I've always dump on like putting as many fat people on the field as possible, like the fullback. He's a, and good, here he he's is. a good little you know, utility yeah, guy, he's, man. He's a nice little, he looks like Keith, a throwback to Keith Byers back in the day, but uh, <laughs> maybe it's a 41. I don't know. But like, yeah, they like that play that you mentioned was an awesome play. That was like a play where I saw him and I was like, Oh my God, this looks like this, this looks to be terrible. And he just threw it across his body, like basically out of sandlot. Can I, can I be completely honest with you about something? Sure. And I I don't know if you felt this way. I'll promise you at least some Bills fans felt this way. I know I did. And I'm going to admit this. There was a part of me that was kind of hoping Tennessee would keep the game reasonably competitive because this was the kind of night where Stefan Diggs, he ended up with 12 for, for 148 and three touchdowns, right? Did not see the field in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen threw for 317 yards and four touchdowns. Did not see the field in the fourth quarter at all. There was a part of me that was like, all right, two. Well, you want those six touchdowns? All right, Ty Tyreek Hill, you want to have two touchdowns, 171 yards? Watch this. And I feel like it was, you know what I'm saying? If Tennessee might have, when it was what? I mean, the Matt Milano pick six, that put, that put, a, that put the icing on the cake yeah. for this game. But there was a part of me, and I'm, I'm being honest, once I knew the Bills, there was no way they were losing. I was hoping Tennessee would keep it just close enough that the Bills would kind of keep their foot on the gas. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Josh Allen would have thrown, the way he, that offense was starting to cook, he would have thrown for 400 yards and either five or six touchdowns. You know, you, yeah, two, sure. you throw six, I'm going to throw six right back at you. Here you go. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I wanted them to keep going so they can, like, duplicate. Like I did. I didn't. I, I was kind of getting a little bit nauseous about the, the injuries, which I'm sure you'll get into. So at that point, I was like, all right, we're up. Let's let's rest everyone and uh, let's let's take a break. You know, from yeah. that, but but the offense was clicking on like most cylinders, and you know, there's a couple of things we could get into that we were kind of probably didn't like together and see where we go. But uh, as I said, like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, like put them in the Pro Bowl, the All Pro team, offensive MVP, maybe maybe the MVP of the league for one of those two guys because it's amazing to me how good Diggs is and how just them and like. That 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 quarterback wide receiver combo, they just they're just in sync. His route anything. running is just so it, it's so precise, man. And I mean, we knew this when the Bills traded. Like that was always his strength. I mean, he's brought other aspects of the game that I didn't know he was quite as good at. But mm -hmm. it's just it's fun to watch him run these routes. That post, when he turned that dude inside out on uh, that long touch. I was like, it was a forty-six yard touchdown. I'm like, God damn, man! It's just uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It, but, it uh, was. It, he's just he's he's. Oh, okay, just save that guy forever, man. Hopefully he keeps <laughs> playing like that because that's Stefan Diggs is a keeper. As long as they got him, I mean, look, I I, I don't know, I don't want to think about what life would be like without Stefan Diggs. Like, would it, how much? No, more, let's not do that, man. Yeah, how much more difficult would it be for for Josh Allen? I mean, whatever, but like, it's just a it's peanut butter and jelly, man. It's scary to think 
this offense, how good it's looked through the first two games. And then, and it's scary to think that Gabe Davis, not, he didn't play any, I think he's a stud. I think he already is a star and they absolutely did not need him uh, whatsoever. But here's what I want to do. I'm going to take a really quick break. I want to come back on the other side and as impressive as Josh Allen and as impressive as Stefan Diggs were, I think the defensive line or the front seven for that matter, not even just the defensive line, the front seven was, Equally as impressive. And I want to talk about them uh, right after this quick break. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines. From all the major sports books, why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which, by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe. This defensive front seven is just, uh, we've seen it twice now. We saw it against the Rams. We saw it again against the Titans. They're just dominant, man. Um, Derrick Henry, who, you know, his stats haven't been the greatest against the Bills, but he just finds the end zone. But he's just such a threat. I mean, he, the Bills completely, and I mean completely, stopped him today. 13 carries for 25 yards. He had one run for nine yards. That was it. And Lewis Riddick from ESPN pointed this out during the game. 
It's not like the Bills were consistently bringing eight, nine guys into the box and saying, I dare you to beat us with the pass because we're not going to give up anything on the run. They were winning battles with lighter boxes, just six, seven guys up front. It was not eight, nine men boxes. They just were winning at the line of scrimmage. This defensive line right now, man, you know, we talk about Josh Allen playing at an MVP level, which he did last year, last couple of years now, and he's still right there. Stephon Diggs, we know what he is. To me, the this team now, and even last year, by a mile, is this defensive line. They are every single bit as good as advertised. And you can't emphasize enough, and I know we hear about it all the time, and it'd be easy to get sick of talking about Von Miller or what he brings to the team on and off the field. You're seeing it. First of all, he's making plays himself. He had a great stop, and it wasn't even a, a sack. It was it was on the run. A great stop one-on-one with Henry. But, man, you could just see the growth in these young guys. Too. Like tonight, last week, Boogie Bastion was sensational, and A.J. Epinesa was sensational. Tonight, Greg Rizzo might have been one of the best players on the field, man. He is, he's a, become, he's become, I think Joe Biscay, everybody said it. He's become elite already in stopping the run in just his second year. He had a sack tonight. Jordan Phillips, we talked about him last week. We'll talk about him again. He was a big time disruptor, just eating up double teams, man. Daquan Jones is doing his thing. And this is a defensive line that did not have Ed Oliver and didn't have Tim Settle. And just like with the offense with Gabe Davis, it just, did not matter. This defensive line is all that. Yeah. According to ESPN, like their box score, the Bills had seven tackles for losses tonight. That's, from their that's defense. a lot. That's a lot. And um, yeah, the defensive line has been great. I'm going to put this in the, in my, the, in the talking Buffalo podcast hall of fame. I know you don't have one, but I'm making one right now. I'm putting Jordan Phillips in there. That guy, I don't know how he's done well. Like he's been our guy a little bit. Like we liked him. Couple years mm-hmm. ago, and he left, and we're like, I think they miss him, and I don't know what happens. He gets the buffalo. He likes the blue cheese, the water. He, he didn't play well really, in Arizona. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Maybe he doesn't like the desert. Who the hell knows? But like, he played really well tonight. Blew up some good play, like plays. He's a stud. Rousseau was getting better. You know, Boogie Basham had a couple plays. Like there's and Bob Miller is just Bob Miller. Like he that one stop he had in the backfield. Um, you know, that you almost a almost a strip sack fumble. Almost yeah, he just got like, the hour moving. But yeah, he's making impact. They, you want to know how – look, again, we, we talked this before. The Titans don't really have too many weapons on offense, and next week will be really a fun test for the Bills. But when you got dogs up front like that, and the, you can have the Bills – the Bills are rolling out with rookie cornerbacks after rookie cornerbacks, guys I never really heard of, like fifth, sixth-round picks that, like, you know, that I'm like I don't pay attention to until I have to pay attention to them. And now I have to because they're playing a lot. But, like – they're making those guys look good. You know what I mean? And that, that to me, is what happens when you have a really good defensive line that, under, that you know, gets the system, that can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing or without, like, run blitzing even. And that's what they're doing right now. And it's just a great – it's two weeks in a row that they really have controlled the line of scrimmage. And, like, you look, you, the, the Titans had, like, when Tannehill went out, at less than 200 yards in total offense. You know, and, like, they – they not, they just beat their asses, and it go it goes back to last week. And to me, that is going to come down to when we're sitting here, we're talking about playoffs, Super Bowls, all those aspirations. What's going to keep the Bills from beat? What will keep the Bills from winning, or will allow the Bills to win? Excuse me. Is we know Josh Allen's going to get his points. 
but it's going to be how well does the defense do to stop people. If they're doing what they're doing now, which is like they're just giving guys like, you know, 300 yards and in total offense or something like that, they're going to they're going to walk into the Super Bowl. You know, if they're if they're if both sides because right now they have the two units, both sides of the ball are A pluses right now that are playing this way. And you yeah. cannot have that. And, you know, it's they've always talked about wanting complimentary football where both the offense and defense are holding it together and they both both sides of the ball, especially on the front line. Are doing it, and this is this is McDermott's wet dream. He's got the defensive line he's always wanted, and like he can rotate. You know, he could sh- play Shaq Lawson one week, and then the next week he's like, "Ah, oh, you're gonna sit. We're gonna put someone else." They don't even have. They dominate without Ed Oliver and without Settle, and like they're they're down to like they activated. Their Ed Oliver's a great player too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, Ed it's Oliver's just a great crazy man player and. Like right now, they're they're on all cylinders right now with that defense right now. You want a hot take? Let me give you a hot take, man. Go ahead. No, I love hot takes. And I'm sure it's in part because again, the defensive line, how good they're playing in these defensive tackles. And it, do not evaluate Daquan Jones with with stats because he doesn't get sacks and he doesn't get tackles. He takes on blockers. He he prevents guards and centers from getting to the second level, and which is kind of related to what I was going to say. This might have been the best game I've ever seen Tremaine Evans play in Buffalo. Yeah, I thought he was great today. He had a sack. Now, Tremaine Evans puts up number. He's a tackle guy. Like, he gets a lot of tackles. But I, I he lacks making impact plays. Tonight, he had a sack, which was big. And he also got his hand on a ball that ultimately got tipped twice, which Jordan Poyer ended up he intercepting. Had, he had so, two tackles for losses. Yeah, Both of his tackles yep. were for losses. So, yes, and that's so what you the, and I have talked about. We've talked the about splash plays, the splash the plays. The splash were, plays, yes. Yeah, so Jermaine Edmonds, splash plays, impact plays. I thought this was his best game. And you could also, you could at least make a case that Matt Milano the same. I mean, obviously he has the pick six for his touchdown, which when they showed the replay and they broke that down, he did a brilliant job of reading the eyes of Tannehill and moving over in a position to make the play. So that was awesome. He also drilled uh, Henry and he also, I, I can't remember who it was. It might've been a receiver too or something on the screen. But Matt Milano had a couple big time thumping hits tonight. Um that's why I say the front seven. It wasn't just the defensive line tonight. The linebackers were exceptional. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, like if we were grading this right now, I'd give them an A+. I, I thought they were perfect, man, I, or, yeah. or near perfect, I should say, anyway. They played almost flawless. And if your front seven's going to be that good, it's going to cover up potential deficiencies with the cornerback position, which, I mean, we, we, we kind of have to get into that a, a little bit, man, because it's potentially a big deal man the bills like dane jackson a lot okay yeah and they and, and they showed that this offseason by letting levi wallace go to the pittsburgh steelers because levi wallace did not sign for big money in pittsburgh sure you know and a, a guy in the first round whatever anyway with trey white hurt dane jackson was the number one corner right now i don't know as we're taping this late into the night monday or monday night into tuesday morning people will be listening to this on tuesday we don't have any real injury updates. We don't know what Dane Jackson, the extent of his injury is. Um, Jordan Poyer said in the locker room that he texted briefly and that the guys said that they're okay. But I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't see any way Dane Jackson is going to be playing for a couple weeks, minimum. Um, big blow. And now they're really going to be tested because they're down to two rookies right now at, at cornerback. And one of them is a six-rounder, who, by the way, started the game. So he's ahead of uh, Kyrie Elam on the depth chart. Of course, I'm talking about Benford. 
Did um, Elam play? I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you, did you know this Elam on the field tonight? Maybe I, I might have He was up. a lot. He, he played well, he was actually. In a lot. Elam, yeah, okay, and he, he, he played a lot. In, I mean, Dane Jackson went down, so he played you know sure. pretty much the whole second half. Um, you know, in the Bills' cornerback position, it's so thin right now that when they, when they took out all the starters, like in the fourth quarter, the early part, there were like nine reserves on defense, but the two starting corners were there because they really don't have uh, yeah. much else. But now my point, and I mean, we're obviously going to talk about the Miami game on Sunday, but uh, the bad, you know, if we're even talking about the injuries, we'll, we'll circle back to that. So we talked about all the good. Josh Allen was sensational. The offense just kind of did whatever they wanted to do again. Stefan Diggs, superhuman effort. Uh, we talked about the front seven. What I didn't like on the other side was, again, 0 for 3 on third downs. Third and short, third and one. They went 0 for 3. I don't know what it is with this team when he gets to third and one. It's like they don't believe that they can get a yard on the ground. Like, why is Josh Allen just not going under center and either taking it himself yeah, or handing it to Zach Moss? I mean, if Zach Moss is not, and he had a nice run in the fourth quarter or maybe the third quarter, a really hard run, it's got you feeling good about him. Because up to that point, I'm like, listen, if you can't trust Zach Moss to get a yard on third and one, then he literally has no purpose being on this team and being on this field. 0 for 3 on um, third and 1. That, that that was really frustrating to, uh, bet, to see. Yeah, that they've been – and they've kind of been that way, I feel like, the last couple of years on those third and shorts. Like, they don't know what to do. Like, you have Josh Allen. Like, go and watch the film of Tom Brady doing the stupid quarterback sneak for the last 30 years. I mean, you got you got Josh Allen's a freaking Buick, you know, car. I'm yeah, thinking, I don't get it, man. Like, just have him fall over. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know, like that that whole sequence, the one sequence when they when they caught when they it looked like they were thinking about going for fourth and, and third and, and fourth and one, and then they like did kind of the, the snap and like I, I forgot what, and then like Allen kind of like it was like a read option and it just was a disaster. No, like, that well, was, that's that's what I, that's what I was getting to. That was that was. Yeah. A, that was on fourth and one. And what happened yeah. was, which is kind of going back to the other thing that I take issue with sometimes is I continue to worry. And I know this is going to be very unpopular to say, but I don't really give a shit. I'm just going to say it anyway. I still worry about Sean McDermott at times in terms of his game management, his game day management, not getting the team prepared, not discipline, any of that stuff. I just worry a little the, bit about the, it. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you on that. Just when well, the chips are on the stand later. go ahead. Well, I was going to tell you, and this is why, you know, first of all, I, I know a lot of people were criticizing him. If you remember in the first quarter, he challenged the play and the guy clearly got his second foot in. I mean, it was pretty obvious right away. But you can tell he was mad when he challenged it. And I don't really blame him. for. I think whoever was, was responsible upstairs, that's on them when yeah. he challenged that. So I really don't blame McDermott. But when I did get pissed off, and it was one of the few, again, there's not a lot to be pissed off about when if you're a Bills fan watching this game. But the one thing I did get pissed about is that play that you're referring to. Khalil Shakir, the rookie, was in there. Did, he lined up on the wrong side, and then he ended up whipping out a block. I mean, it was so chaotic over. You could just tell yeah. you're hurrying up, trying to get the play. If you ever, if you're a coach and it's fourth and one, and you're going to go for it, call timeout right there. Call timeout and get your shit set up. You could tell that it was uh, disorganized and chaotic. Just the formation yeah. with Shakir Josh Allen. If, if you saw it, he was like yelling for them to call a play. Like he right. was getting a right. little yeah, bit animated. Right, exactly. Like, it took way too long that. to get the play yeah. in. So now it's not all McDermott. I mean, it's Ken Dorsey getting the yeah. play in earlier, or McDermott decided that they're going for it. But that was a situation where they should have called timeout, and that really annoyed me because, again, in a tight game, a one-score game, uh, you know, where yeah. well, if the Bills offense ever does – get stopped and yeah like if, if you're going against the chiefs, by, that can mean 
yeah, if you're going against the Chiefs, the Ravens, you know, the top tier teams, yeah, you got to get that shit a little bit on order. And it was a little bit too chaotic. I wasn't thrilled. I'll just say this. Look, I do think eventually they can get the, the play calling sequence down. Like, I don't think we're going to have that moment again, hopefully, where, like, they're figuring out they're going for it and they're hurrying up and they can't get their fucking guys lined up. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to give them, call like, time out, though. Yeah. I'm going to hope that that doesn't happen again, but the short yardage situation, it's not a good look. And I, and I, and I feel that this team is not, they're not great at running the football. And I, I said, I think I tweeted this once during the game, like stop running the freaking football, man. I mean, like just, just pass the ball. So we don't have to get the third and short, like just pass it. Cause that's what you do best. Like they, they, I, 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 they, they did. don't do, they, yeah, they, they don't do well on the third and shorts. They just don't. You just got. Yeah, that's well, that's the like, problem. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. By the way, they they do struggle to run the football, and they should throw all the time. However, when they went zero for three on third downs, they didn't even try to run the football. They they threw it three yeah, times but, where they didn't get it, and that's kind of my point. Was like, well, two things. Well, if, yeah. again, if you don't trust that boss, don't have him on the field. He doesn't really have much use for you, and also. I really, and it just goes back, and I see it in college all the time, too. I hate when, if it's third and one and Josh Allen's in shotgun, that really pisses me off. Unless you're going to run that read option where they run, or he might throw it, to, hand it to Singletary, take it himself, or throw that quick little out to digs if they're backed off in coverage. Yeah, I, it's the I, only I, scenario to be in shotgun. Give me a sucker. Like, I, give me some play action on that. Go under, like, either you do the quarterback sneak or a third and one, do some play action. But yeah, the shotgun on a third and one, uh, I mean, just, they got to get a little bit better in that. I do think maybe Mitch Morris not, you know, getting hurt and being out, maybe that affected them a little well, bit. Well, he came back, year. but yeah. Well, he, he came missed, out and he, he came back. Time. I mean, he, yeah, I, he, he missed, missed time. some time, but like I sure. think maybe that could have had a little bit. I don't know. My apologies. I don't know if he was in on the plays we're talking because that should happen in the second quarter is basically where it kind of went to shit a little bit in that in that regard. And I think that's when he got hurt. But yeah, they, they had the the Nick. The Axel Rotten Van Rotten guy. That guy I love. I don't know what his name is. The, the backup center Van Rotten. He I made love a mistake. Him. I, he made a mistake that cost him. I still him, love uh, it. Yeah, I still love him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a you wrestling like name. name. He's wrestling. Yeah. That's a wrestling. That's right. Axel Rotten. Anyway, we're I being, look when you win forty-one-seven. If you're gonna be, yeah. you know, if you're gonna talk yeah, about a couple bad things, we're being nitpicky a little bit. I yeah, but those openly are things, admit that. Yeah, those are just things. Look, you gotta get those. Get that shit on track. We've kind of seen that a little bit in the past where they kind of get that indecision moment where it's like a short and down in distance. But, you know, get it get it squared away, obviously, when you go against, you know, you get you can't do that shit against like the, the against like the Chiefs or the Chargers or something like that. You, you got to get, you gotta get with third and third and one. You have, to, you have to you have to have the ability, even if you don't do it, you have to have the ability to run for first downs. And I just I don't know. I just don't like being in the shotgun. I just didn't like the play calls when it would be third and short. I mean, it, ultimately, of course, it didn't matter. You put up yeah. 41 points, but but still, I, I, that's one of the few things that I was didn't the tedious like. Thing, yeah, but that's, again, I think hopefully they can fix that and, like, they got to get, they, they, I think they know that, but it is a reoccurring issue with some game management stuff. Like, it's like, come on, get this, get this shit squared away. It, I don't it need seems, to, it I don't seems need to know. Me, Disaster. It seems to me after two games, the only thing that's going to beat the Bills is themselves. I said, yeah. After one week against the Rams, they turned the ball over four times against the Rams. They didn't turn the ball over today, but they just they made a couple of mistakes which didn't cost them today. Which I mean, look, this team is so good that they can overcome a lot of mistakes right. as well, and, right. and that matters too. You know, some teams when you're limited on offense, if you're the Minnesota Vikings 
and Kirk Cousins is not having his best day, they're not going to win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? There's right. lots of ways with this Bills between the offense and defense to overcome mistakes, which is certainly uh, what they're doing. But the one thing, the biggest takeaway from this game uh, on the negative side, which is beyond their control, of course, is the injuries. I mean, they're piling up now. All right, so they yeah. went into this game without Ed Oliver, who is their best defensive tackle by a lot. I mean, I like Jordan Phillips a lot, but Ed Oliver is the best defensive tackle on this team. And uh, Gabe Davis, who's, again, he's uh, he's turned into a big-time playmaking wide receiver. Did not matter. Tim Settle also didn't play. But this game, they're already thin in the secondary, and they lose Dane Jackson to what hopefully is not, but potentially, you won't find out more in the next couple of days, a potential significant injury. I mean, whenever you're carted out by ambulance, it's, it's always something to be yeah. concerned about anyway. So we'll see how that plays out. But you can almost take it to the bank that he's not going to be playing as soon as Sunday, turning around on a short week. Um, that's not all, though. And they lose Micah Hyde, who is a <laughs> – can't emphasize how important he is, you know, in the back end of the secondary. We keep talking about the pass rush and these all-pro safeties can help mask these corners. Well, now Micah Hyde goes down. He hurt his neck. Um, Jordan Boyer, again, said he texted Micah Hyde after the game or they were texting whatever, that he's going to be okay. I don't know what that means, though. That might mean he's okay this week. It might not mean, you know, maybe a week or two. But, and I don't even know if you know this, because if you weren't on Twitter or paying attention, the Bills were blowing teams out and getting some starters out of there anyway. But a guy we spent, two guys we spent a lot of time talking about today, Jordan Phillips left with a hamstring injury and Matt Milano left with a neck stinger. So now yeah. you're talking... That's I'm four. hoping those, I'm hoping that it was because the game was out of reach. They, no, they were well, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're on know. the injury report, and yeah. there's no updates, no updates after the game, which is, again, when we're taping this. But, man, Milano, Jordan Phillips, Micah Hyde, and Dane Jackson. This was a victory, a, a fun victory, but one that certainly came at a cost. Hopefully yeah, not a big one, but that's, yeah. that, that concern. that's concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. You know, we didn't need that. that we didn't need Miami scoring six touchdowns or whatever they did on, on against Baltimore. Cause if they were still crappy, we'd be like, Oh, okay, fine. Whatever, you know, but yes, um, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's an NFL and you know, it's, it stinks obviously for them to have as many injuries as they had on the defensive line or on the defensive, well, all over the defense, it seemed like, but you know, I, I'm not going to jump to conclusions yet. I'm going to wait till late, you know, sure, sure. the coach yeah. said something. I'm not going to be a doctor over here, but you know, they have a lot of depth. We talked about this. And, like, cornerback, yeah, that's the one position that I get scared. Like, I'm like, oh, God, we got to go to another rookie. You know, maybe maybe you should sign a veteran. Like, I, I like find Josh Joe Hayden's out there. Joe yeah, Hayden's, the, Joe Hayden's Joe out Hayden. there. I tweeted Kirby Jackson, after, the Dane, after, da, after the Dane Jackson injury, I tweeted because, I mean, it looked like, and hopefully it's not that severe, and hopefully he's okay. You know, man, hopefully he'll be all right sooner than later. But I will say that – uh. I tweeted afterwards. I said, the Bills might be in the trade market as early as tomorrow. Or then, and a lot of people pointed out Joe Hayden, who's a well-known former Pro Bowl free agent and also a good friend of Von Miller. But let me tell you this. If the Bills had any interest in signing Joe Hayden, they had months and months and months to sign him. They went yeah. with a six-round rookie over him. So I'm not sure what they They're think Joe Hayden might yeah, have left in the tank. But... They're I don't know, man. They're a little bit against the cap, probably. And if you be gonna, you might have to like move some money around for him. I, I'm, yeah, I don't well, know they, they, they might have to. We'll find out more with Dane Jackson, but then we'll have yeah. to. Uh, they might have to do something because. But, yeah. 
it's dangerous. Yeah, I don't I'm care how scared, good your I'm defense scared. is. You got two rookie corners. That's that's not a situation that you want to be in. And it is. They are going like Waddle and Tariqo. they're playing the wrong team Sunday. They're Let, running the wrong. It's like can we can we play, can we play a Tennessee again or like uh, you know what's you know the bronze I'm, with the set? Like I'm just like oh god, we got it. But I'm look, not going to get into it now, Joe. But I spent half a Sunday, literally half a Sunday, fighting on Twitter with Bills fans. Oh, we just don't want to give to a. Or Miami, any credit at all? It's I said that Gary's Baltimore. Fault. I called. Make I called. I called Baltimore a top tier defense and elite defense, and that was wrong because they're not. But they got a lot of talent on that team, and they were down three touchdowns on the road against a team in Baltimore that almost everyone considers a legitimate AFC contender, and they come back and they win. The, the man throws for six touchdowns, four hundred some yards. Tyreek Hill, who we've seen do this to the Bills multiple times, has one hundred seventy yards. Jalen Waddle is an absolute animal out there, too. He's a monster. It's yeah. a dangerous awesome. team. It's a dangerous team. Now, that yeah. said, the Bills do have a really, really good front seven. And if Micah Hyde is in, in a really home. By the way, remember when we were talking shit about Jaquan Johnson? Then we fight on the podcast where you didn't even know what the guy's name was. Remember that? Well, uh, the safety, right? Hamlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was one no, of those Hamlin. guys. Well, it was Hamlin. What? It was yeah, Hamlin. Well, you, well now Which you might know. Now, now I got to care, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, Jaco- it's Jaquan Johnson. I, I think he, he will, he'll be in there if Micah Hyde isn't. But anyway, man, this is a uh, – and I'll talk about this more throughout the week, but this is a very dangerous matchup. It's the marquee game for the NFL. That's for damn sure. And uh, I don't know, man. I just – the fan in me – You've been scared about Miami, even the last. Podcast I've, I've been talking. Had, been I've been singing. About I don't want to say I've been singing their praises because I hate to admit I feel that. Like, I, like. I feel like you're very like when you. I feel like when you, when you see Bill's Twitter, is like in the, the says something, talk shit about someone else, and like this is overrated or you tend to go. I don't really believe that, and like and that's that's why I feel like your feelings with Miami are because there was so much mudslinging. I never seen like. I've seen the Bills fan base shit on people a lot here and there, but I I had not like they're they're the commentary on Tua from Bills Twitter and just like not having any respect for this guy at all. And it's like I talked to you about this before. Like the guy w- like was close to winning a Heisman and like was good in college. Like this isn't like the Dolphins weren't trying to sell you on like Trent Edwards being their quarterback of the future. They were selling you on like a top four pick that that's only played like what, 25 games maybe? And, like, people were just like, there's no way he's going to do any good. And I was like, and I thought they kind of in a way, and we always use the wrestling terminology, they worked themselves into a shoot in mm-hmm. a way where they just got too, like, oh, it's it's just like they got themselves really, like, fed up and, like, like look, the guy had six touchdowns, 400 yards passing. I remember when Josh Allen's coming out party was against the Jets in 2020 where he had over 300 yards. And then the next week he killed the – he killed the Dolphins with 450, and it was the Dolphins at that point who weren't very good. And, like, I wasn't – I hardly saw people online going, well, he did it against shitty teams, so fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like Baltimore's not a shitty team. Exactly, so anyone who not, says that, that's yeah. a horrible, horrible, stupid, yeah. lazy yeah. take. If anyone – if you don't want – you could say Baltimore's defense isn't elite because they, they got – they're banged up. The secondary yeah. had guys playing hurt. But to say they're not a top, you know, top half defense at, at worst is just dumb and lazy. Yeah. But here, here, so here's the deal. When I turn his mic on and the video camera on and I hit record, I do my best to, to take the fandom out when I'm talking about the Bills or any team. I try my best to be objective. Sometimes 
the emotion of being a Bills fan. Same here. From can, yeah, me. I'm the, but I'm, I, I'm I the try. Yeah. But yeah, the too. Bills fan in me hates the Miami Dolphins, and I always have, and I always will. And I, the last thing I want to do is give that team any credit. And I think there's people right now who are, you know, Bills Twitter, Bills fans, who don't have a podcast and they don't give a shit about objectivity. They just want to hate on the Dolphins. And the Bills fan in me kind of wants to to feel the same way. But I'm being biased and I'm and I'm being objective here. And I've said this before the season. I think Miami's a very dangerous team. I don't think Tua is ever going to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, so I'll never compare them. But I also don't think that he's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield either. I think he's better than that. I think they got explosive weapons. They got great corners. They got a lot of talent on that team. And Mike McDaniel is an offensive coach that is helping to one. You're seeing the rewards right there. The Miami Dolphins are a dangerous team. And in my opinion right now, so we're again, we're taping this at the end of uh, Monday Night Football here. I think if you were to do AFC power rankings tomorrow, you got the Bills one, you got the Chiefs two, and I think you got the Miami Dolphins three. Miami's a top three team in the AFC right now. If they're not, who is? Uh, Chargers. No, no. What do you mean? Nope. No, the Chargers. Hold on, the Chargers should have beat the Chiefs last week. They had they they kind of stuck their foot. Like, their offensive but, line is just horrible. Okay, but like, okay, fine. I look. I I I think it's it's there. Look, I I I don't have like any hatred towards Miami. I I the my, the Dolphins Bills rivalry hasn't been at all has has been non-existent since Dan Marino and Jim Kelly retired. About to change. We yes, I think we are in that world that it may turn into that because everyone's worked themselves into a shoot about hating Tua. But uh, yeah, look, I could see power rankings people saying that. I I wouldn't put them as three. I still think the Chargers are a better team. That's just looking at the talent, the rosters. But look, Miami is dangerous. I don't. I still don't think. And I said this to you last week. And I still feel this way. I don't think they're challenging for the division. I do think because I think the Bills are going to be like a thirteen and fourteen. I think Miami will be like a 10-11 win team, which is yeah. they're going to be a wild card team. I don't so, but, but if you want to say like two games out is challenging, sure, whatever. But Miami did exactly the blueprint for a young quarterback by year three. You better have weapons for him around him, and that dude, those one and two, those two wide receivers right there that like you mentioned before, Waddle and and Hill. You can't you that that could be the best one-two punch in the league right now it is i think it is the yeah. best one i mean parts. yeah i mean I'm, I'm having like i'm trying to think off the top of my head and it's it's a it's it's an awesome one-two punch and that's what they're doing they gave they you want to know why people like darnold and and mayfield like fail like especially darnold and the jets they gave him nothing and he was dead and that was it and now he's i mean maybe you know if you put him on the, on the dolphins maybe he's a little bit better but whatever like that's how you do it man like you know Josh Allen, before Stephon Diggs came into his life, sorry to tell this to Bills fans, was a kind of a mediocre quarterback. Stephon Diggs gets in his life, and then all of a sudden, Josh Allen's slinging it all over the field. That's how good a wide receiver can help you. And yes, it's a, it's a, it's a duo. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, a mutual you know, thing. But it's a mutual thing. But it, it does help you. And I think sure. what they did was, and and last week, like you said before, with that matchup, you know, it's a young. We have you have to rely for the Bills to really get pressure on Tua. I still think you can get after Tua. Like I think he does take a lot of hits. He takes a lot of sacks. I think you have to rely on your front four to really get after him. And then you just play zone. You have a lot of defensive backs floating the pass coverage. You know you don't have it into a one-on-one matchup where you're going. We got Hill and Waddle versus one-on-one because I think you'll be screwed. You know, and you have your safeties helping out. But it's going to be. 
I'm going to that game next week. I'm going to Miami, so I'll be there with bells on or whatever you want to call I, it. But it's going to be I, a fun game. I think – all right, so I think the Buffalo Bills are clearly built to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And the way – the what makes Kansas City special is Patrick Mahomes' ability to extend plays, avoid sacks, and make things happen. He improvises. He does things on the run. Very much – in a different way, but very much similar to Josh Allen. Okay. That's so the Bills were like, all right, well, we better get a pass rush that could get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. The Bills, I think, now certainly have the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. I thought they had it last year. They just flat out blew the last 13 seconds, which I don't want to get into today. But anyway, the Bills, that was their blueprint. I feel, and a lot of people might not want to hear this, but I feel right now Miami not now executing it's a different story, but Miami has the blueprint to beat the Buffalo Bills. And that's two things. A, receivers with elite speed. Speed uh-huh. hurts the Bills' defense, and we've seen that happen. We've seen Tyreek Hill specifically destroy the Bills before. Not to mention, Mike Gusecki has had very good games against the Bills, too. They're tight end. So it's not even just like they got two receivers. They got some, and they got running backs who can catch them out of the backfield. They got speed, like crazy speed, Miami, okay? Speed hurts the Bills. It has in the past, and that's what Miami added. And the other thing with Tua is this offense is getting more and more geared. Now, sometimes he does hold on to the ball too long, but for the most part, their offense is get the ball out quick. What's the best way to combat a great pass rush? Quick passes, quick slants, bubble screens. Get the ball out quick and let your fast receivers do the work after they catch the ball. Miami's got enough talent. I think they got the blueprint to beat the Bills. Now, going out and doing it, of course, is a different story because straight up, I think the Bills can outscore any team in the NFL because right now when this offense is clicking the way Josh Allen's playing and – the weapons that he has, this offense is damn near unstoppable. And you you could beat them. The Bills could beat you in a multitude of ways where I don't think Miami could do that. But they got two speed guys who could really hurt you, man. Yeah. So and, also, and also on the mental aspect for Miami, Miami hasn't been in the Bills since 2018. Yeah. And like the Bills have handed they've they've handed to them their asses since then. For I mean, there's a couple games that were kind of close here and there, but like you have to think Miami sitting there licking their chops, going, I can't wait. Like, they're going to be more fired up for this game than the Bills are, in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, all right, this is the team that's been kicking our ass for six years, you know, for for five straight years almost. They're at home. Josh, Allen's owned, Josh Allen's owned them, yeah. you know, basically for his entire career. And I think that, and that's where you have to, you know, I don't know if you, I guess, I know it's cliche, but like, you know, you got to match their fire because Miami is a, this is a bigger game for Miami than it is for the Bills. If that yeah, I that. agree. I agree a hundred percent. If Miami, if Miami goes into this game, they're two and zero. They're at home. Um, they got they got a Bills team coming in that is banged up. And again, it's at home. If you can't beat Buffalo in Week Three with these injuries that are mounting up for the Bills, and you lose at home, I think at this point, to what you said earlier, I think you're almost playing for the wild card after th- just three games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll, it'll be My a hope- fun week. My hope is for this game is like Miami, like it's kind of a kind of cliche, but like they'll be so like that game against the Ravens was insane. I mean, you're you're down thorn, you're down if they didn't come back, if it was if the final score was 35-14, like it was in the fourth quarter, you and I are like, ah, this is gonna be fine, easy peasy, like, you know, and then they just got hot. And I know it's cliche, but maybe they'll have a little bit of an emotional hangover because they just went they went balls out in that yeah, fourth quarter. I watched that and, game. And always, Baltimore blew some coverages. I mean, I haven't seen many defenses fall apart the way Baltimore did. And again, 
I've been given to a credit. I fought with Bills fans on Twitter. So I obviously have been given to us some just do. But he also had some very easy throws yeah. to make, man. I mean, these yeah. guys were literally and, wide open. The throw to Waddle for the winner was really sweet. But for the most yeah. part, man. And, and keep in mind, Lamar Jackson did dice them up. And, like, I mean, Lamar's sure. a stud. We like him. But, like, if Lamar can dice them up, there's no reason why Josh Allen. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm not, pick, I'm not picking against the Bills. I'm just saying they're ripe. If if Miami's going to make a run at the Bills and contend for this division legitimately this this week, I think it's more a must-win for Miami uh, than it is for Buffalo. One other thing, then I want to get out of here too. So you're in New York City, and I'm here in Buffalo. And again, I didn't go to the game, but I've been out and about for most of the day. Now, again, you're not here to live here, so you don't experience it all the time, but you do come up for some games now and then. So you, and, and you've lived there. You know what it's like? I got to tell you, man. Game days in Buffalo, especially openers, is unlike anything else, man. Yeah. I, it's just the vibe. You could be a Bills fan, whether you're in New York City or when I lived in Florida or, or you know, overseas or California. It doesn't matter. We all love the Bills, and it's fun to root, and we go to our backer bars, and we have, you know, sure. lots of fun. But there's nothing like being in the city uh, on a, any Bills home game, but especially the opener. Man, I went to, I went to Wegmans. Um, I think I stopped at Aldi's. I, I went to the bank. I went to a bunch of every single where you go. I went to Imperial to pick up food. Everywhere you go, it is a sea of, of Bills gear. And people yeah. telling you, go Bills. You know, and I know people were partying literally all weekend at the stadium in their RVs. And I heard I heard Bills players talking about it taking extra. Sal Mariano, was say, it took him three hours to get from Rochester to the to the press box. For the game because of the traffic just oh he must have been pissed yeah he was the the, the <laughs> vibe just the vibe in the city and to, to be here for it is unlike anything else man yeah. and it's really cool to root for the team and again we all have fun no matter where we are rooting for our team but man there's just nothing like being in the city on a game day i was just i don't know i'm just saying that because i was kind of reminded today being around and seeing it and seeing the sights and it was cool with the rams too but just being the home game you just yeah, I don't know. The especially vibe when you leave, like especially like you know, I've I've been to some home openers. Like I think there was a time I went from like during the drought, I went to like I think three or four home openers in a row, and then I went to the one against the Bengals in 2019. And like, yeah, it's electric. And I think like for someone like you and me, when you like you left for Tampa for a couple of years, and then you come back, and then you kind of see it, you see it differently. Then when you saw when you lived there year round, you come back and you're like, whoa, this it's is so like, night and day. It's, it's so it's, night it's, and day. Yeah, it, it feels different to you, even though like, yes, I'm sure Tampa Bay isn't isn't nearly as cool as this place, but like, it's not. It's it's not. Yes, but like you get there and it's just a, it's just a great feeling. Like, I'm like like yeah, I'm jealous. If I if I lived in Buffalo, I'd have season tickets. I don't care if they were I don't care if they were shitty or good. I would have seasons because going down right. there tailgating they just care more in buffalo people people just care more in buffalo you know in tampa there's lots of teams plus it's a transplant area where a lot of people are from other it's like a neutral place i've been to miami for games and it's okay but again they got other teams and it's just i don't know it's just something about buffalo and being in buffalo for uh during football season it's just really special man it's uh it's really cool but anyway all right man it's gonna do it for this episode uh be sure you give Joe a follow on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. We didn't even fight today. You weren't even insulting towards Bills fans. Must have been a good game today for you, man. Yeah, I, they didn't. The only thing they pissed me off this week was about the Tua stuff a little bit. Like that was annoying because it's like <laughs> I saw some person like was trying to tweet like uh, it was one of the cover one 
charlatans and they were like, I shouldn't say charlatans, I'm kidding. But they were like saying like, remember last year when people liked Mike White? Over, t- I was like, what the hell are you telling? Like, what people liked Mike White? I don't even know what you're talking about, bro. But like, that was the only thing that kind of pissed me off. Like going into, the- I'm like, like you're you're making up shit. But other than that, I've been it's been kumbaya for me. You know, I'm not I'm not yelling at too many people. You know, I'm glad that you gave the emergency quarterback the call here, and now I got to go back and gonna go back to the practice squad and wait till you you're panicking on Thursday this week because Yurden separated his shoulder again or something, and you need me to come on and. I'll be I'll be ready. I'll be you know I'll be in the training room, ready to come rock out, Pat. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.